Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. You think you're scared? Jack's gonna come back out alone. Take Earl's hand, maybe, as we meander through Star Trek Discovery Season 1, Episode 9, Into the Forest I Go. Again? Ugh, sounded like I was speaking Klingon, didn't it? <laughs> well, the first time I heard it, it sounded like you said uh, bark really, really loud. Ugh, my... Or arf or something like that. <laughs> Which, ironically, speaking of arf, it, parvo is a type of a disease that you vaccinate your pets for. Yeah, so dogs. I hope I wasn't calling it parvo because it's called pavo. <laughs> but You did call it parvo. Yeah, it's funny. So I actually had a dog that had parvo and it was horrifying. And I had to pay goo ops of money to uh, to make him okay. The opening shot of this episode is beautiful. Okay. Where we just have like the, the discovery and a whole bunch of blue stuff. I, 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 I didn't write it in my notes, but I, I, I did note it at the time because I just wanted to... I don't think I meant yeah. to mention it, but when I saw so it again at the, this time. At the, at the end of the recap, they, we can see, oh, a structure. And I just had a thought. I just realized, what do non-corporeal beings need with a thing, a structure? You mean what does God need with a starship? Sure. Um. <laughs> we don't talk about that. That's a, that's a question that's apparently never been asked because no, that, but... that doesn't exist. <laughs> Did, did they build this little hut for just for the the vis- human visitors? I'm gonna assume or that yes. Human and- so so here's the thing: why build a hut if you are the planet? Because you can just stop rain from falling on them, right? Just don't have any rain near them. Don't don't let the bugs near them. You know, like uh, well, they don't need you are a- the planet, but you're not your planet's environment. So the Wait, environment are- has its own. Uh, okay. You're okay. not the water. But you're not the water. I, I I got the sense that the planet was the water that that the, 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 the whatever the planet is whatever the the livingness is is the whole planet like the whole thing is one seems I could be wrong though I think by the planet they mean the actual um just the biology they could have been they I think they might have been more metaphorically speaking huh. or like ethereal speaking I think they said that they, well everything vibrates with the same frequency. And it seems to me there's yeah. a, that frequency is the consciousness of the planet itself. Okay. So then then it would just be the biology and the rocks and the water who are not which are not biological would be not part of that phrase. Okay. That makes sense. I have to tell you, there's a, there was a thing that was bugging me, like in the first, uh, the opening scenes of this episode, and I, I I paused and went back and looked and paused and went back and like I kept going back because there's a guy, there's a guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's at uh, one minute and thirty nine seconds about in, and he's standing in this alcove of blue yeah. lights. And I'm like, yes. what the frack? What is that? What is he doing? What's what the is that? Running? What's he doing? Thank you. What's yeah, that? I'm so glad you noticed that as well. Like, why is that guy yeah, just standing are, are there? Are we still seeing it? <laughs> what the hell is he doing? And like, yeah. why? Why is he? T- and, and like, at one point, he turns to the wall as if he's gonna do something. I'm like, there's nothing on well, the wall he, but Christmas lights. Then he also walks away. Oh, I didn't see him walk away. Yeah, he walks away. But so he's obviously standing there because he's listening to the admiral. Everybody on the bridge is paying attention to the admiral. To the captain, yeah. And the captain, yeah. yeah. 
It's it, it was staff briefing, sort of. Sure. Neither one of us knows what it is. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. I don't, I don't feel less stupid, but I feel very intrigued <laughs> by that. And I'm wondering but, if we're going to see that station in the future. And if we see that station, like, to my memory, not not that I've, you know, not that we're in season three and, you know, reviewing season one episodes, <laughs> but to my memory, that's where Bryce sits. Reginald Alton Bryce, the communications officer. Like, back to the left. You know, just like Kennedy, back to the left. Well, I'm sorry. Back to uh, okay. starboard's uh, aft starboard of the of the uh, of the captain. Who knows what that is? Somebody writing some titles. Tell us. Tell us well, well, he he is there, but this is a little bit fur. Um, like say eleven o'clock compared to say. Sure. Yeah. It's like ten. Ten, yeah, yeah, yeah. ten or ten or nine o'clock. So. As this uh, show, as this episode is playing in the background, I'm gonna periodically like look at the bridge and see if I can find because I don't see that station. I, yeah, they're not showing that station because they're not showing that. Well, bridge. I think the door closed. Oh, what now? Hold on, hold on. Closed doors on either side. You think it's behind problem. a door? Yeah. No, no. I think it was just. To the, I think it was just to the left and out of frame just now. Uh, yeah, I agreed. But I think oh. that so it should be like just to the. It should be if we panned over a little bit to the left as we're looking at Lorca. Uh, I think that that stage, like to the left, yeah, it should be visible if we just like now Saru's in the way. But anyway, um, he mentions uh, this Lorca guy, this Gabriel, this uh, avenging angel, um, mentions that um, the ship can destroy a planet to which he's referring to. So he calls it the ship of the dead. I've always called it the sar- sarcophagus ship um, because it's yeah. a sarcophagi. Um, but yeah. I-, I guess they're interchangeable. So the ship of the dead is a sarcophagus ship, but the, the sarcophagus ship can destroy a planet. Like, how could it destroy a planet? Uh, is, it a, is it like a planet killer killer? I don't know. A planet killer 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 killer. I'm sorry. There's, so there's a there's a there's an improvised podcast called uh, Mission Two Six, which is actually really great. It's sci-fi. It's like improvised sci-fi. About 308, I was um, noticing something. Uh, so they're suddenly calling it a cloaking device again. Is the writer of this episode the same as the writer of the last episode? Okay, so my comment, what I was going to say is, um, maybe the term just hasn't fully solidified into the Starfleet lexicon yet, so that not everybody is on the same page as what to call them? Yeah. Basically, Colbert, but man, 
And, and the look on his face is totally like, don't. Yeah, like I totally was trying to avoid this entirely. But turns out, um, he's supposed to. He's supposed to go to. Pol isn't Pollard? Isn't Pollard the CMO of the Discovery? I don't know. I think Pollard. I think Raven Dwelda as 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 Pollard is this is the chief medical officer. He knows that that he's specialized in. The oh thing. yeah. Or maybe right. he mm -hmm. he knows that he's more. Or maybe he just knows that his officer would be more comfortable with that officer because it's his husband. I gotcha. Yep. You just fixed the thing. Thank you. That makes total sense. Sure. But on the other on the other hand, it's my understanding that doctors aren't supposed to treat their direct family because they're it, it's too personal. And especially if you're treating something that is potentially um um you know, life-threatening. Yeah. It could taint your 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 treatment of your emotions. I gotta. Okay. Hold on. Hey, listen, listen. Uh, I gotta. I I don't. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I don't think I can watch the episode or something because while you're as you're talking, you're digitizing. And I think it's because I'm watching the episode on the same computer, and I don't know what to do about this. It's fucking driving mm. me crazy. And my other devices are not. Well, hold on. Because my internet's crappy. I should. I think I need to start. No, no. I think it's uh, me. I think it's me because it just usually doesn't happen. And I remember the reason I decided to start watching on other devices is because this was happening. So let me um, let me see if I can. Uh, so it's a pain in the ass. Um, anyway, cut. let's keep let's keep no let's keep going for now. Let's keep going. And uh, and if we have to whatever if we have to go back and re like re-record some of this, then we'll just go back and re-record some of this. Um, and in the future, I will I shall endeavor. Oh, you are to um, download the episode to a device before we start the show, so that way I can watch it unfettered without messing up with my internet on the. Well, uh, Zoom, Zoom is warn Zooming Zoom is war warning me that uh, my internet is unstable, oh, and every right. time we record, it sa says that to me. Uh, I'm wondering if I should start doing our Zoom meetings with uh, hardlined into my modem. Yeah, I'm gonna recommend that highly for mine and your sake because. Uh, it's just long. It's just it's just it's I, a, it's I a just lot don't of know if I, I I just don't know if I have an Ethernet cable that way. Okay. Um okay. Let's let's just give it some time because it's gonna it'll take a little like it's it's been it's been a process, you know, building building out this studio over here and building out your studio pieces over there might be might be similarly mm -hmm. might might take a similarly long uh, time. Um yeah. and, and, uh, and and we're still in season one, so Yeah man, so like if you guys want to, um, you guys want to help donate or something, you know, like help us out, you know, building a studio and making our, yeah. making our show a little better and clearer and, you know, better again, I'm going to say, um, and you can buy us, a th mm -hmm. we get a thesaurus too. So like, um, just, yeah. you know, you could send us a, send us, send us, send us a something, you know, send us a buck. I don't care. I mean, every dollar, every dollar helps. Welcome back from a break. <laughs> <laughs> we had a little, uh, <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. We had a little digitization happening, an analogization happening, and uh, and we had to uh, we had to go uh, do some things, and now and now we're back. So um, so listen, uh, I don't know, I don't know if we ever left because if we left, then my my big ask during the was during the the break. So yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, guys, just bear with us. We're I'm I'm real slow yeah. today. Um, it's yeah. my it's my it's uh, it's uh, it's an anniversary for my partner and I, um, and. Uh, well, there's that. Are, are you sure he? Are you sure they're cool with us doing this on your guys' anniversary? Shouldn't you guys be out like? I don't know. 
Yeah. So out doing what? Out celebrating coronavirus? No. Like, what? <laughs> it's cool. Let's just get the show done. Well, I was, I, I was, I, I was gonna say that, but then I realized, oh, every time you guys go out, one or the other of you visits, does things, uses objects that they yeah. shouldn't be using. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We're we we have to be, we're, we should be under house arrest for for perpetuity because uh, we can't be trusted in the world, <laughs> and we need we need guidance. We need strong hands to guide us. We need parentage. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, yeah, so. Uh... <laughs> oh, so, like, at about nine minutes, uh-huh. um, Lorca drops the the line, you know, from, I visit strange new worlds and seek out different dimensions, or, you know, from, from the... I think it's from the Starfleet Charter. Okay. Yeah, if that's... that... If it's made it into the Starfleet Charter, yeah. Um, but they're they're using words that they have no idea the meaning yet, just for laughs. This is, I mean, they can use. Like, this is what I was talking about before, where they can, um, or maybe not before. Haha. What time frame am I in versus your timeline? So <laughs> I don't know what in the frack you're talking about. I just want to say. I, just want to <laughs> know. I don't know either. Know. Because okay. I, I got um, What do you mean they're using words that? Uh-huh. But, they're using words that they've heard used before, and they're they're parroting them back to us, but it still doesn't quite feel like Star Trek. Oh, I got you. Okay, I see what you're yeah. saying. So they're using words that that they're not living by. Is what you're saying? Yeah, the show itself is not. Living I mean, by, yeah. they did seek out new worlds and new civilizations, yeah. and they found a new life form at Pavo, and they found a new form of communication where sonar works in space, and like so, you know. What, what's happening is that we're being guided by a hand that is not our Starfleet. It was no longer Starfleet. <laughs> so then in about 10 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Stamets and Lorca are talking in the uh, ready room or whatever it is, his office. And he says, Stamets says, Captain, I didn't know you cared. And I, I was thinking, Lorca doesn't. He just wants to get back to his... He cares about. I don't know, man. I don't know what he cares about. It seems like he's he's here, but he's not here. It's like he he's he, he's trying to get home, but is he really? I don't like. I, I'm just not. I'm so I'm just, I'm a little torn on Loka because he's obviously like an anti anti hero, but I don't know if I'm totally against him. Like I'm not uh, so much against him. I mean, his point is to bring down the the empire, like the mirror universe empire, right? Or like lead it, so is he planning is to it? lead it? Yeah, man. Like, so because like, in a few episodes, well, am I supposed to not spoil no. this? I'm confused. Uh, no, no. I mean, we're reviewing episode one in 2021 or season one. Oh yeah, man. In 2021. Yeah, yeah. If, if this is you know, spoiling, we yeah. we drop we drop spoiler warnings everywhere. So you know. I mean, if you want, you can drop in a red alert klaxon at the, uh, before you, uh, mention Yeah, so, it, yeah. so, I just, like, when we get to the other side, and, and, and Lorca is, you know, going up against Emperor Jorzo, like, Emperor Jorzo is pretty fracking evil, so, any of my enemies, my friend, a little bit, like, even though my, the enemy of my enemy kind of, like, wasn't straightforward with me, but he didn't know who he could trust. He, he, well, he knew yeah, he yeah. trust no one. Like, that's just, that's a philosophy from his universe. You can't trust no <laughs> one. So, like... Lorca comes from the X-Files universe. Trust no one. Uh, I gotcha. 
that is it. There's a, um, yeah, that is, that is very true. I, uh, oh, I have a production note for you. And that production note will cause you to bring out your bingo card. Um, that production note is that the reason there are 133 jumps is because the first oh, episode yeah. of Battlestar Galactica is called 33. And that is because every 33 minutes, the sidelines would find out where the Galactica was and jump to them. The 33 in the 133 is an homage to Ron, Ron Moore's Battlestar Galactica. So, is it? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's directly. Is that literally that's, a? Yeah, that's why they that's why they made it 133 jumps. It was they were tipping their hat to Ron Moore and being like, "Hey, we see you, homie." Oh, yeah, they stole Nick okay. Nick Lacarno from you and made it somebody else. Well, we got you. We got you. 133, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, check off Bell Psychological on your on your card. There's also uh, you were just talking about. There's a second ago there. Uh, you're talking about um, the uh, the uh, conversation between Stamets and Lorca in the uh, in the ready room. Yeah, which I, I gotta sure. tell you, I, let me let me uh, si- sidetrack myself real quickly. I actually like the standing desk idea that he has. Um, I I'm yeah. actually kind of fond of the different design, the different like feeling of Lorca's ready room from like Bart's ready room or Janeway's ready room or like well, Cisco's office even. Like they're very similar, they're very cushy and very Starfleet, and Lorca's yeah. is very, a lot more Spartan and like minimalistic. And I kind of like I, I like minimalistic. I. I I have trouble living in middle minimalistic, um, in, in actuality, but I do like the the, um, the aesthetic of it. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a as they're talking, Lorca and Stamets. There's a you see the stars swarming by, right? Which, as we all know, is not how it would ever possibly look. But I love the effects, um, and I got to give the effects team a huge amounts of credit because they they not only do they do like. Not only do they do the effects, but they think about it and they make sure that they have the stars moving in the way that ostensibly they would move mm-hmm. if they were actually traveling there. So it's cool that they put the they, they angled the movement of the stars in a couple of different ways so that we could see exactly kind of where so we're clearly at the port aft area of the saucer section because that's the way the stars are moving. That's the way the stars are moving from where you are, from right there, right? So uh, I just I don't know, I just like that a lot. Um, it's cool. Okay. And speaking of effects, there's a there's a there's something I realized. We had a conversation previously about um, when uh, Tilly was discussing with Paul. You know, did you tell did you tell Hugh about what's going on? Yes. So did you see I the the eye that she got? Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I I was totally. Do you are you the song titled "If Looks Could Kill"? Heart. No, but I, I, that's the sentiment. I see because she stumbled into that one because, like, it, you know, she was like, oh my God, you know, like, it was, she was totally innocent in that, like, but, you know, he's, yeah. he is correct. Um, in, I don't know if it's today or tomorrow or whenever he says, could you repeat after me? I will say fewer things because that was one of those moments that she should have, <laughs> she should have remembered to just say fewer things. That would have been extremely helpful because uh, really like girl we're over here doing a thing and you want to come over here and butt in our conversation just run that light across those little yeah, things yeah. please but ju- ju- <laughs> just before that um michael's arguing with Lorca about why she should go and why she and he's like well why she shouldn't okay and um she says you know unless it's about me 
and he double takes as if he, she he feels like he's caught. Like, yeah, it's about you, but you don't know that, and you're not supposed to know that. So, so here's the thing: the one that's dangerous to bring on the mission yeah. was Tyler. Tyler should have gone on that mission. Like, he's the one who's like unstable and having issues. Like, she's fine. <laughs> well, at this point, nobody. Yeah, at this point, nobody knows that he is unstable and having issues. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so he's episode... It's not. It was to keep her safe. It was because he didn't want. Oh my God! I just realized it, it was all personal, because he was he was in a relationship with Burnham, right? His Burnham, right? So he doesn't want to send her off with her new boyfriend. It, it had nothing to do with it not, not being safe. It had everything to do with I don't want you spending a night with your boyfriend down on this planet because I'm trying to get you back no. for myself. No, it had everything to do with um he wanted to bring this Michael back because he lost her. His Whoa! Mind blown. You were the one who always talks about how he's. I mean, you've read the books. He was had, trying. You've was brought trying. this up before. Have I? Yeah. It's been a minute since I've read. Um, I've read. <laughs> uh, there's three books I read. Uh, okay. Yeah, like I don't remember the names of them. Like Dangerous Liaison, something else that was titled DL, and then I don't remember. Um, I'm, and I'm actually currently on Dead Endless. Uh, which is, I think, the fourth book in the series. And then after that is Die Standing, which is has a mirror universe emblem on the front. So I think I assume what's happening there. Um, so maybe I'll get some more, some more not uh, canon information here soon, you know, to, <laughs> to help with nothing. Uh, <clears throat> uh, also, something I noticed just before, uh, just before, you know, Loker's talking about... Uh, you know, send send. Uh, I'm not I'm not sending you, Mikey, because you're, you're, my, you're my girlfriend or whatever. Um, they can sport yeah. jump mid warp. So like, that, yeah, right. Like, it, it just disappears like while they're warping. Like, what does that do to subspace? Shouldn't that do a thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I mean, Lorca doesn't care. Didn't we learn anything from the corn? <laughs> no, that what hasn't happened yet. I, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet, so it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> it happens in, uh, somewhere between now and a thousand years from now. The Gorn destroyed five light years of subspace. Spoilers. I mean, no, no. This has been mentioned in like the beginning oh. of season three of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, they, they totally mentioned it in in, in season three. Like shortly after, it, it, like during the whole time we we're talking about uh, well, why the Federation has has is like sort of falling apart. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is the image. I, the I don't remember. It must have gone by so fast. I don't remember that. And yeah, I, mean, so that's, I, I remember a mention of the Gorn when you bring it up, but I don't uh -huh. remember what they said about them. Yeah, that was why they mentioned the Gorn. <laughs> it was because they said the Gorn destroyed five year, light years of subspace. And I think. And, that, but it, I, I didn't latch onto that fact for some reason, and I never remember it when you bring it up. But you always bring it up. It's like you latched onto it and obsessed over it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I because I, I um, caught onto it. And I'm like. Why would they say? Like, why would they say that? And there's like, like that's not a throwaway thing. Like, that's not like you don't mention yeah, yeah. you don't mention something like galactically devastating for no reason. Oh, because I, Discovery writers have trained me to if something seems like a throwaway line, examine that yeah. because it's probably not a throwaway. Oh, line. Okay. It's probably something that's gonna okay. become important later. He's not happy about doing this. Man, he's 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 gotta build himself up. What's this? There's that alcove again. <laughs> the blue lights. These guys, he's got to keep himself up for those 133 jumps. What's the little LED on his neck? Is he just being fashionable? 
Uh, so that's a cortical. It's probably a, some sort of cortical type mon, mon, uh, monitor, um, which a cortical monitor of the twenty fifth century, but it is somehow in the twenty third century. Yeah, man. Because uh, you know, there was a there's a little technology issue. Like some of the technology from the from the thirtieth century, like leaked back into the twenty second century <laughs> because of the wormhole <laughs> and its uh, anti time effects. <laughs> All right. Um, I do. This cuff will let me treat you okay. while you're in the chamber. Is that a spoiler? No, no, no. I'm just. I'm combining all kinds of Star Trek, including like. So I, I think I went from all good things to uh, future discovery to, but you know, because you got all these things work together. It's one universe, right? So I, I like his Fox line about being hardened warriors. Oh, it hasn't happened yet. But at about thirteen forty-five, uh-huh. um, they he talks about them being hardened warriors, and um. Lork is grooming them to become mirror humans. It, oh, Instead of he's science, he's warping them from scientists into mirror versions of themselves and to think like mirror. He's trying to take the whole ship with him and then keep them safe by building them into... Oh, so when they got... Oh, so wow. So he was going to conceal the whole time that... No, I'm so... Because he didn't... When they... <laughs> I'm just gonna say like two words of, of sentences. You're, you guys, you're, I you guys, think you're over. You guys fill in the blanks. You're overthinking something that I just said. So uh, he's, if he's trying to take the whole ship with him and the whole crew with him, then the only reason to groom them to make sure that they could fit in is because yeah. he wants to keep them safe. So indeed, statements he does care. So these people would be oh these would be the most loyal people. Yeah, but his kick is caring is in the selfish it's for selfish reasons. Oh, of course, but anybody's caring is for selfish reasons. Like I don't care about you. Uh, okay, let me so put that another way. yeah, go ahead. Like I don't care about I don't care. Uh, so like I care about my mom, right? But I don't care about yeah. Joe Blow's mom down the street, and that's because I'm selfish, right? Okay. But it doesn't mean that his, her his mom like. It doesn't mean anything to me, but like, she doesn't. Like, I don't care about her. <laughs> you know? So, like, yeah, he cares because he, you are the people that he's bringing with him, and he wants you guys to be allied with him. And like, you can't. When once they okay. get there, if he brings the whole ship and crew with him, yeah. like, they don't have anybody over yeah. there to trust except him. So they would be, the, and they would be the uh, most loyal of anyone in that universe. They would be the most loyal to him because he's their guide right now that they're there. Um, and we have we're, we're now talking about a, he's holding their hands you know, we're currently talking about next episode's podcast so I don't know we're <laughs> in the right place. how long been in this time in this universe so that's a great question I don't know though um it's it's not okay. so it wasn't they that, don't they don't tell you in that book so yeah the book doesn't it, it, it's not very strict on the timeline uh, so oh, okay. I don't know exactly how long before, but I feel like it's some it's less than a year. Like I feel like he just got there. Like it, it may have been like oh, okay. uh, I don't know, like six months before. You know, I, I'm really not. I'm, I, it couldn't have been six months before yeah. because the man. So here's the thing: the man just lost a soul, whole whole starship. He's the captain. We may have discussed this previously, but he lost the whole starship as the starship as the captain, right? So like, why is he given another starship like? nearly immediately what so seems quickly. like nearly immediately yeah, yeah like he should have had some time to like go through psychological profile and all this kind of junk like well they but that's but, what they ta- that's what she they talked about when uh, the admiral was in his bed you would think that Katrina would have like 
examined him and like talked to him and done some therapy Katrina. with him. Katrina Cornwell. I, I just, yeah, I, I just realized her first name was Katrina, and that's yeah. all. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I'll, as a little of a history buff as I am, I, I, I recognize the name Katrina as uh, Hurricane. Yeah. yeah. So, at, at about 1448, we watched uh -huh. the uh, Klingon ship decloak. That is not a Klingon cloak. That, you know what that is? is it That's a Riemann cloak. It is. It, 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 oh, okay. So it's the same sort of cloak that we saw in uh, Nuisis. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That is so, super interesting. Uh, so the Riemanns are a little more that animalistic than the Rom like the animalistic by which I mean like the Klingons lean on the yeah, animalistic yeah. side humans lean on the human side right so the Remans are a little more anim animalistic yeah. I'm wondering what sort of influence like maybe they maybe they knew I don't know maybe there's some sort of maybe there's a stronger interaction between the Remans and the Klingons than the Romulans and the Klingons and maybe that's how the Romulans got to trade devices and uh, technology with the Klingons which is, of course, part so of you, beta canon that we aren't confirmed on yet. But you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I missed part of what you were saying. I'm sorry. I was thinking of something. I was getting ready to say. Oh, that's good. That's good. Are you ready to, for me to fix a thing? Earl Grey fixes a thing. Let's do it. <laughs> the Klingon ships are not recognizable in this time frame. Because they were designed around the old or the Riemann cloak technology. The ships in Kirk's timeline and beyond are designed to work with the new cloak after they've ruined this cloak. Understood. They're about to ruin this cloak so they can't use it anymore. Gotcha. And they Understood. had to develop, upgrade their cloaking technology. And so they had to redesign their ships. Huh? Go ahead. Yeah, the cloak that's on the sarcophagus ship, however, is the only cloaking device in the Klingon Empire. This is the first cloaking device of the Klingon Empire, and it was create, crafted by uh, people from Takuvma's house. Whether that means they stole it from Romulans or not, I don't know. But it was it was huh. it, it, it was apparently in use by ancestors of Takuvma, and then that ship was like this this ship, the sarcophagus ship, was derelict on a planet for a while, presumably Kornos, and is where. Takuvma rose that ship of the dead from the dead, and it already had the cloaking device. Is is the main point? So this is this is detailed in okay. uh, in a in a comic book. There's a series of like a couple comic books that lead up to the beginning of Star Trek Discovery, and those are the ones that detail Takuvma okay. and Jules' rise to lead this house and the sarcophagus ship, okay. and all the way up to the Battle of the Binary. Like, it literally ends at, when when they see. Uh, Burnham ejecting herself from the Discovery to come towards their ship at the at, at the binary stars. So uh -huh. this is the only cloaking device. Even if it's the only cloaking device, let's say it's a Riemann cloaking device. Okay. Okay. And it happens to be able to work. It happens to work with the design of the ships that the Klingons are. But. The new cloak that is better, or an upgrade, or whatever, the, or maybe the Romulan-style cloak, can't work with these styles of ship. Okay, sure. Uh -huh. Maybe the new cloak has to have a less of a jagged, a more smooth silhouette. I got so you. That's why the ships in Kirk, Kirk's time, and then in the next generation, have a smoother silhouette. 
I gotcha. That makes yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Huh. Super interesting stuff. <laughs> the um those little transmitter devices that um burn in places on the sarcophagus ship yeah. are yep. rats, man. They're like, Hey Klingons, we're over here transmitting. Like, why do they have a voice readout? Oh right, yeah, they talk so they give themselves their position away. We're covert transmitters from Starfleet. You guys find yeah. us yet? <laughs> yeah. You know, I had forgotten that at every time they spore jumped around, they uh, they shot at the ship as well. Because that was actually an unnecessary uh, yeah. action. They need to shoot every time they, they spore jump. But I, well, I, I get just it. Just to like, make them think that they're, they're the diversion. So they don't pay attention to their sensors so too much. No doubt. But if Burnham and Tyler's signals are masking as Klingon, does that mean that Tyler looks like a double Klingon or two Klingons or a super Klingon? Because he already should have a Klingon signal. Yeah, that's true. I guess that. Well, no, but he, <laughs> but he doesn't though. I, because oh. if he did, like, they, I'm sure that Sigfay examined him when he got to the ship, right? And they didn't find, they didn't find Klingon. Klingon signal. Okay. So. Yeah. I wonder if he misses his extra penis. Is he ever going like, to go to penis? Like, is he ever Wait, invented I, I am still not convinced that that's canon yet. I know. We're not there yet, but when we get there, I'll show you. It's it's coming up soon, man. <laughs> yeah. It's coming real soon. But, but we've already determined that they all have redundancies. I mean, they have two spines, right? They have, like, two brains. Like, they have two... two they, they don't have, have two they spines. Have, they do, man. Yes, they do. They don't that's have two spines. Home slice. No, that is how Worf was healed. Is that his redundant spine took over? No, they no no no. Oh my god! They had to. They used a genotronic replicator to replicate him in new spinal cord, and they, they ins installed it in. Hmm. Okay. Because no. I, I do remember. I do have a vision. I do have a vision in my head of them of of them laying the spine. So what's weird? Let me tell you something weird about my about my memory vision of them laying a wharf spine. Is that I have a vision of Pulaski and Crusher doing it together. Did that happen, or did I make that up? Like, did Pulaski come uh, back to lay? I don't Worf's remember, spine? but I know, I don't remember who the other doctor was. Oh, it, it, but was, it was a doctor else. that yeah. was a specialist in genotronic replication. Gotcha. gotcha. And they, it was a, it was a untested surgery, and Crusher refused to let him do her do the surgery, but she did it anyway. And protocol, and it wasn't ready for humanoid trials protocols also didn't allow for so they don't have a spare spine spinal cord okay they but they do have redundancies in other places they have organ um, organ two hearts. yeah yeah okay all right i'll take that i'll take that as my as my uh or bray fixes the thing sure but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna asterisk but Earl Grey fixes a thing asterisk because uh -oh. I'm, I'm gonna look it up later and make sure that you're right. <laughs> they, he may have broken one spine and had to, re I don't know, man. No, no, no. They had to replicate him in a new. One. I do. I and I specifically remember them doing it. I specifically remember them laying it. I remember them laying it in his back. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, like, can you imagine if he had been paralyzed for the rest of the series? Would he still no. be on the show? Like he, I mean, uh, they would just put him. They could just like put him in a wheelchair. They could put him in a um in one of those harnesses. They put him in a harness like Malora Pazlar had, right? Sure, sure. But how many police officers do you see in wheelchairs that this are still is, active duty? This is not then. 
this is not this is it's not the yeah. it's not the late twentieth century, early twenty first century. Like we have people who yeah. who, who like, live on space stations that have apparently they have like li- you know like a, so an, uh, a regular naval U.S. naval vessel actually does have those things that you have to step over when you are going through a doorway. But like so, we don't have people who are paralyzed on those types of ships. I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess you would be. You would have to be on on uh, on shore duty at that point if you were paralyzed. It just seems that by the twenty second or by the late twenty second century or the twenty third century, like we should be able to accommodate by then. Like we should be able to adapt a little better as a civilization for people who have you know who are differently able. Well, obviously, in the DS nine episode you're talking about, they're on a Cardassian ship, sure, or a space station. Absolutely. And the Cardassian space station was apparently built for flooding because that's what that's that's what that's what that's for on the in the navy is it's, it's for flooding so you can like shut the door and dog it down and the, the well, water won't move oh past God, that no. point. It's a portal. Oh. The Cardassian space station was built for floods of the Jorans rising against the Cardassians. Oh my! Yes, it was. So it was to keep the Bajoran blood out. But sure. <laughs> Body pile. Oh, I, I understood. When they get into this room where they discover the Admiral, there's yeah, the freezer. A... Yeah, we've determined that that's a freezer, correct? Yeah. But then why is the one cling soldering? Uh, and I don't if know. he's soldering, were they actually cooking cooking that Klingon for them later? Uh, I. That's a great question. That the answer to which I do not know, for some reason, I'm, I'm finding as we do this podcast that I know so much less about Star Trek than I thought I did. Like the very, there's very specific things that I do know, and then there's very, very, very general things I don't. It helps to have the uh, attention to detail that an Aspie mind has. Ah, that is that's that is fair. That's a very good point. <laughs> so. Uh, at 2415, mm-hmm. is this the first time that somebody's that a man says I love you to another man in public where there are people that are paying attention to what they're saying? They've always said uh, romantic things to each other in private in their quarters. Huh. Interesting. That isn't the first time in the show, but it's the first time. It's got to be the first time in the series, period. I, it like probably is the first Star time Trek. in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it likely very much is the first time in the series. That, that has happened. I'm I'm glad for it. I'm glad for it, and I'm I'm glad that we not only yep. not only not only do we do Paul and do 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 boy, which I mean, have them in the series. Um, not only do we do Paul and Hugh, but we also like we kept going and we added you know non-binaries and all that. Like I'm glad that we are yeah are yeah. not like trying to be progressive, but only so progressive. You know, like we're trying to be progressive fully. <laughs> Yeah, sure. And and they're like they're yep. like parceling it yeah. out to us. It's not like okay, so gay exists. Okay, cool. So now now trans exists. Well, trans existed back in Odan, right? Back in yeah the ho- the host episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. That's that's when the they the they should have started. Yeah, like we should have had a recognition of there are gender not temporarily gender nonconforming people, <laughs> which we call the trill. And you know at times they change gender, <laughs> so they are they are technically transgender. And they're really the they're really uh, the only fully transgender people that there are because most transgender people are only transgender from for 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 a little while because you're one gender, 
you know, they, there's going to be one gender, and then they do a switch, and they're the other gender. So, they're no longer transgender. Yeah, they're just binary, right? About 2415, Damn it says, the clearing in the forest, that's how they go. Yeah, I love that line. And, and I was asking myself, what do we know what that means yet? But then I realized that's where the title of the episode comes from. Uh, so they are related. Um, the title of the episode actually comes from a poem. It's, uh, Into the Forest I Go to Lose My Mind and Find My Soul. Something like that. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, but Who's the, that by? John Muir is, is this guy. Into the Forest, and Into the Forest I Go to Lose My Mind and Find My Soul. Okay. It's, a, it's a quote about the, um, peace and serenity of nature, um, by, um, an, an environmental okay. philosopher named John Muir. The, the, okay. the, the forest to which, uh, Stamets is referring, however, so that's explained in the book Dead Endless. It's a very, it's like a paragraph. Um, but there, there, you know how um, when we go over to the, when we go into the, the, the what do we call it, the sub, the sports base. You know, like when the ship, yeah. when we dip halfway and where we can like walk, go back and forth. Yep. There are trees, right? And there's a particular tree that its bark is not cool for the spore creatures living there, right? So that's why Hugh is covering okay. himself with the bark. Um, and it is the that forest of trees to which Stamus is referring at that time. Although, okay. esoterically, of course, the title is about that, and then they made a further explanation, I guess, in the book. But, um, but yeah, the, the forest that he's talking about is an actual forest that you can go to to go between the worlds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's what I kind of figured, yeah. It had to do with the, the, spore, the spore realm. And I got to tell you, the, uh, the, the, the book Dead Endless also features the return of, um, of uh, Ephraim, by the way, just so mm-hmm. uh, who, who we originally named Ripper, and then we named him Ephraim. Uh, because that, that was actually, so his original name, uh, when the series was being, his original name. What are you talking name, about now? Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm getting there. So the, the original name of the Navigator of the Starship Discovery was Ephraim, and he was to be a tardigrade. So who we, the, the, the character we saw as Ripper was actually supposed to be um, a, a constant character on the show. And he was going to be like CGI'd in, and he was going to be the navigator on the bridge that everybody like talked to and interacted with the giant. Um, they changed it later, and it just became this tardigrade that they, they sent back away. Um, but uh, his name is Ephraim. That was the name of the planned character, uh, not Ripper. So the tardigrade in the show that they were torturing, yes, to use the spore drive, yes. They called they called it Ripper, yes. But its initial character's name was Ephraim, yes. And that was going to be a regular on the bridge character that was regular title uh, uh, credit credited character at the opening credit. Yes, one hundred percent. Furthermore, the uh, the name Ephraim was also reflected in the animated short. Ephraim and Dot. Okay. Because Dot is the name of like Dot Threes are the little the little DRGs of Discovery, and Ephraim okay. was the name of the Tardigrade, which is apparently a female, or maybe the Tardigrades have are dual gendered, or 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 agendered. Well, the the Tardigrades protecting its eggs during Ephraim and Dot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, life forms that small are are generally more easily. Dual gendered, yes. Fair enough. But can also be a gender, and they just clone themselves and they yeah. lay eggs. Yeah, they are. Because there's a that does that. 
they are uh, micro micro they're like nanoscopic these uh, these tardigrades in actuality um i don't know how we uh, yeah but they're microscopic sure they're i mean they have to be bigger than atoms because oh, sure. they're made of atoms yes they are they have to be bigger than cells Fair enough. they're not a single cell organism so they're made of cells so they've got to be bigger than cells wait a minute okay so uh okay so i think i just i think i just, you just learned something so now we're gonna have a new segment professor gray teaches class so um so then so nano we're saying is smaller than micro correct <laughs> yes obviously right <laughs> so what is there to look at on a nanoscopic um, level oh this corks right that's about it is the only thing you can see on a nanoscopic level they're smaller. They, it'd be subatomic um, particles, right? I, so, well, why, how is that? How are nanites built? To if, me, if they're on, because they're, are they on? Are nanites nanoscopic or microscopic? I would assume they must be microscopic because nanoscopic would mean they we couldn't build them because they would have to be made of atoms, correct? Yes. Whole question, whole conversation to myself. To me, yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> to me, nanoscopic is a new word that I'm wondering if you made up. Oh, I may have just portmanteaued it into existence. See what I did there? I, I, yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I just did. Um, no, uh, nanoscopic. Did I usually just make up that word? There's no way. But to me, it implies smaller than microscopic. Okay, so it it should imply that, and I believe that you are correct. So there are two different things that I found here on the uh, on the webs of Inter, and uh, and one is an, is the is a definition of the of the word nanoscopic um, and that it, definition says it's another term for nanoscale and the definition further says that it means extremely small uh, there is however a, okay. a, a, a definition of nanoscopic scale which says that the nanoscopic scale usually refers to structures with a length scale applicable to nanotechnology usually cited as 1 to 100 nanometer, nanometers and a nanometer being of course a billionth of a, billionth of a meter and the nanoscopic yeah. scale is a lower bound to the mesoscopic scale for most solids. So apparently this definition was written by the founders. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Wikipedia. The founders of Star Trek or the I, founders of the No, universe? the founders, founders of the Dominion. Star Trek. The founders of the Dominion. Oh. Because they're the only ones that I know that are not <laughs> solids. Did you notice at about uh, 2430 when the doctor and the captain are arguing that they pan briefly over to Saru? And if you noticed that, why did they do that? Uh, you got to get a reaction shot of Saru. You got to see if it's strike angler. Because you always got to check the strike angler. Like if I were on the bridge, man, I'd be constantly looking over at Saru. Oh, like, hey, okay. your reaction's sticking out? Or what? Are you good? <laughs> I'd be looking for directions all the time. He's like, the sensors might tell me one thing, but his fear erections are, are going to tell yep. me like, if I'm safe or not. Nothing. Then the uh, doctor uses a... How did he pronounce it? Digoxin? Digoxin? Digoxin, yeah. Digoxin. Uh, Which I guess is digital oxygen. On... <laughs> None of that analog for you. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> I was wondering... Um, well, first of all, I want to point out that uh, 2.4 cc's is the same as 2.4 milliliters. It is. Why are it, we still it, using it, terms it, to describe the same thing? Uh, so, so here's the thing. So, cc's are a are are a volume. No, hold on. Cc's are a volumetric measure. 
and milliliters are a liquid measurement. So they like are. cc's are only inside. No, still... Cc's are inside of a syringe. That's the volume that they fill up. But a milliliter is the liquid. They are interchangeable, but we refer to to a cc usually when it's in a space, and we refer to a milliliter when we're putting it into a space. Does that make sense? Um, no, because both are volumetric measures. No, they're um, not. No, no. Um, Milliliters and, are, and, are, are, are a liquid measure. And, and some syringes are labeled in mLs instead of cc's. Are they now? Okay, well, that's yes. that's news to me. But I, I, this is something I actually learned recently also, is that cc's and milliliters were the same because... Um, you know, there was something happening, and I had to figure out, like, people were asking me questions. I'm like, why are you asking me everything? Because everybody thinks I know everything, and clearly I don't. They should listen to this podcast, and they know I don't know everything. So I actually asked Alexa, who, who does know everything, <laughs> assuming she answers, assuming she understands your question and isn't fracking with you that day, that, that she'll, she knows everything. Uh, and I asked her how to how to, how to to compare, you know, milliliters and, uh, and cc's, and she was like, homie, what, <laughs> what is the same thing? What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> Anything else I can help oh, you with? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like sometimes she sometimes she's just some days like Alexis just not fucking with me. Like she's like, I'll ask her a question and she'll be like, I don't understand that. And I'm like, I need a question, break. She'll be like, I, I need a break. Alright, so we're <laughs> we're gonna go breaks. Gonna, I, I just we're, laugh so hard. Yeah. We're gonna take a break really quickly so that Earl Grey doesn't pee on himself. So, oh, did I pause the recording? Am I, did I pause? Oh, I never paused it. Oh, that's good. So, so there's this, and we're back. No, it's cool. Um, so, apparently, our, my, our buddy Earl Grey has been. Um, I think I can drop out one track of this audio. I'll tell you what. You guys can hear this guy cackling in the background like the Joker or the Riddler or whoever. You would be highly amused. I'm highly amused. Uh, but uh, so I think that apparently uh, down the street from Earl Grey, uh, a um, maybe a marijuana farm has been uh, has been uh, has been set on fire. And uh, and I said to him, I said, "Well, does it smell like cat vomit around there?" And he goes, uh, "Well, it smells like cat vomit." I said, well, you know, apparently that's what the, the backstory there is. That uh, one time uh, I had come home from college on break, and my sister, my sister's ba- my sister's bedroom. One time in band camp. Yeah, one time in band camp, I came home from band camp, and my sister's bedroom. I mean, mine now my sister's about uh, she's like nine years old right so uh my sister's bedroom was in our finished basement and my father had you know put his office in my bedroom so i moved into what used to be her bedroom all all the necessary details right but uh i i didn't know that she was on her way home also and i went down in her bedroom and i smoked a little marijuana (laughs) then i came back upstairs and like moments after i (laughs) moments after i came back upstairs she came walking in the door, like I saw her car pull up, and I was like, what? And I, I had no way to mask that smell before she came inside. And I was like, what do I do? Like, I don't like, and I, but I'm sitting there like, hi. And I'm like, what? I don't know, what's the thing I do about this? So she goes downstairs, and she drops her bags off. She goes back upstairs, and she's like, it smells like cat vomit downstairs. Because you know, she's, oh, she's had cats since the time that like I got her a cat for Christmas, like when she was in her first apartment in Baltimore. Um, and uh, I, she's intimately familiar, I assume, with the, with the odor of, with the fragrance, the beautiful fragrance of uh, cat vomit. So for her to tell me that it smells like cat, smells like cat vomit downstairs tells me that marijuana must smell like cat vomit. Now I'm allergic to cats, and 
I can't confirm that, but if anybody of our listening audience could confirm that, that would be awesome. Pretty soon from now, Earl Grey's going to be done with his laughing fit, and he's going to come back to the show. But for now, I'm going to say, listen, guys, make sure that you get your Paramount, Paramount Plus subscriptions, please, because uh, it pays for Star Trek. Like, this is the way that I view it, is that, like, like so once upon a time, you would buy products, and those products would, you know, advertise on on a television station and that television station would pay or that television network and the television network would help to pay you know to fund the, the show however now we starfleet are are um are funding star trek so listen if you don't don't fracking don't fracking pirate star trek like you you can pirate it after you've already like if you like if you have like say you've bought like a, a blu-ray right and you don't want to like pop the blu-ray in every time but like buy it first or at least like get your subscription you know like Paramount Plus lets you download the episodes man like so you can download them and keep them like, watch them anytime it's cool man like so so download them and you know and but but pay for it help help me pay for, for Star Trek because the most I can pay the most they're letting me pay um, through Paramount Plus is, is like 12, 12 bucks a month man because what I don't need live TV with Paramount oh uh, let me say yeah. if you want to get your live TV man get your live TV but like I don't need live TV with Paramount because you know I don't I really watch live TV <laughs> um, if I need to if something live is happening, I can probably find some rabbit ears and find a live live show. Anyway, if you want to buy live TV, buy, buy live TV. It doesn't work for my particular lifestyle, my situation. But listen, the no commercials version of Star Trek Discovery is probably awesome. And I would, I myself would pay the twelve dollars a month if it was if they only showed Star Trek on that whole channel. But check it out, Paramount has a lot of stuff for you on that on that app, man. They, there's there's like the, the whole Paramount library. There's there's ass loads of things. To watch, so Nickelodeon and Smith, yeah, Smithsonian Channel, uh, Comedy right. Central. Let's not forget. Com- okay, so like, yeah. at, if I'm, you're a fan when, of that channel, when it's nighttime and I'm, and I'm bored, there are silly <laughs> things to watch on, like super silly things, super silliest and super silly things to watch um, yeah. on the Comedy Central thing. Like they have like, the, you know, like uh, Nickelodeon and I guess Comedy Central. You do these like cutscenes where it's like they're not going to do a commercial right now, but they're doing like a little oh, funny right. thing. Like, yeah. So they, they've collected all of those little things too, which you thought you were gonna see once and never see again. So like they're on the streaming platform, so you can watch all the silly things. Like, um, man, I don't even remember what they are, but there's like, uh, oh, this, this is one woman who does like she does like four different characters, and you see her like interacting with the character that she does, and she's like all like dressed up and they got filters <laughs> on, and she's doing different voices. Like it's pretty. It's listen, man, get your Paramount Plus, pay for your Star Trek. Just yeah. a little bit there. They're asking you to fund an episode, which is probably like these episodes look like they cost about two million dollars a piece. Man. So like every yeah. little bit helps, man. Like helps. if you've seen that Klingon, Klingon sarcophagus ship and how they 3D printed the whole fracking thing and how gorgeous and ornate it is, give me the twelve dollars. Yeah. I mean, don't give it to me. Give it yeah. to Paramount because they deserve it, man. Well, I mean, We're if you have an extra twelve and the twelve that you spend on Paramount Plus, you know, you can give it to us. But uh. Okay. Yeah. I. I mean. Okay. I'll agree. I. I agree. One hundred percent. Yeah. If you want to spend, if you, if you have a hankering to spend twenty four bucks on on uh, on Star Trek per month, please feel free to give us twelve and give them twelve. Although they kind of deserve a lot more. <laughs> shameless plug. It, it's yep. it's a horribly shameless plug, but I, I do Paramount Plus is, is this help guys help me keep Star Trek in my life. It, it's been recently revealed to me. I've recently come to the understanding, and I don't have this schedule of events, but upcoming pretty soon, starting in 2021, um, there's going to be 
52 weeks of Star Trek. They did 27 weeks last year, and that was fracking dope. Like, we, we had Lower Decks, we had Discovery, we had Picard, and yeah. it was 27 yeah. weeks of Star Trek, like, straight through. Like, every week, new Star Trek, new Star Trek, new Star Trek. It was dope. My life was awesome, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, just like the time when, like, we would have, like, um, you know, Star Trek Next Generation on at the same time, and Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. at the same time, or, like, Voyager at the same time, and Deep Space Nine at the same time. Like, it was awesome. Like, life was <laughs> great again. And I think it's coming up real soon, because I think we're going to have Lower Decks, we're going to have Discovery, we're going to have Picard, we're going to have uh, all good, no, not all good. A Strange New Worlds, and we're gonna have is all good things a uh, Q featured <laughs> show. Just takes place in the Q. I, mean, I don't know why I said all good things. I said all good things because all good things, man. But like, I'm glad they didn't finish that title because the title should have ended with like all good things must come to an end. But yeah. it didn't come to an end, and I'm so glad it didn't come to an end. Well, the implication was there that it, the show was, at least was coming to an end. I mean. That, that that chapter of Star Trek The Next Generation came to an end, sure. But yeah. then we have Star Trek The Next Generation, The Next Generation, Picard. <laughs> 2.0. So the uh, blade that uh, passes it, to his, his name is probably, Michael. His name is probably Kor. Or Cole. Yeah, thank no, you. His name is Kor, actually. No, it's Cole. No, his father is Cole Shaw. And they're of the house. Oh, you're, you're correct. They're of the house Kor, the house of Kor, and he is Cole, and his father is named Cole Shaw. Okay. So is that uh, what they're? Did that look like a mech left to you? I believe it was a mech left. Yes. Okay. I do believe that. Cool. Mech left, bat left. Do you, do you see where? Do you, do you do you see the scene where uh, he's choking her? I remember it vaguely. Yeah, at about thirty fifteen. Um, I thought that looked a little bit too fake. Like he was wearing a glove to look like a Cleon hand. You know, so I. Not like it was I, a glued on plain so text. I will admit that I will admit that sometimes it appears they are wearing gloves for their hands. Uh, this includes Saru, this includes Lorel, this includes Core. Uh, I mean, yeah, Core. And uh, sometimes I, it's my firm belief that sometimes they're wearing gloves and sometimes they're wearing prosthetic pieces. Um, and that's okay. just for whatever shot they're in. Like if they're in a shot where they need to do a close-up of your hands, they're likely doing. They're like the intended prosthetics, yeah. and then if they don't have the time for it, or blah blah blah, if whatever they're going to use the glove, or if they don't need it, mm, you know, they okay. use the glove. They they probably have a glove, and they probably also have a, a, a stick yeah. it on your hands thing. But like hands are probably the word the, the most difficult thing to prosthes- prostheticize because oh, okay. of the constant movement that they're likely doing, and you know, yep. shaking things loose. Although I have been watching Saru's face as he makes expressions, I'm like, how are you seeing expressions through a whole head mask? But he is—he's expressive. He's very expressive. And well, these, these makeup devil, technology devil has improved stuff. several decades yeah. since. They are, um, they are very impressive. Since Planet of the Apes. Planet and, but, but although Planet of the Apes was really good too, like you could see yeah. them raise their eyebrows and lower their eyebrows yeah. and like. Make... And we are we are talking about the 1960s version, not the 2001 version. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because those are that's CGI in the future, in in the future, which is no, in the past. No, no. <laughs> that that was still that was still ma- makeup, uh, latex applications. That wasn't CGI. No, I mean, in the, like in the Marky Mark, the Marky Mark. Plus, Planet of the Apes. Those are CGI because they're all fully uh-huh. CGI. Huh? What do you mean? The... Those are real monkeys? Just a minute. First of all, they're not monkeys. They don't have tails. They're great apes. Second of all, the 2001 uh, Tim Burton 
uh, Marky Mark, like you said, Planet of the Apes, was people in latex appliances. What? Yeah. What? Yep. What? Am I then, movie? then the new Planet of the Apes was, you know, the the one that came out what in two twenty ten. Yeah, something like that. I'm not sure. It was Andy Circus. 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 No, Circus. Circus is Marina. Circus is Andy. You're, you're correct. You're okay. Correct. Anyway, uh, it was mo- it was motion capture to do. Oh, C- fair. Yeah. So I mean, motion capture CGI. I'm gonna call motion capture CGI. It is CGI, but I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not not quite the same. I, I get what you're saying. 100. percent I absolutely do. Yeah. So welcome back to the Planet of the Apes podcast, and <laughs> we are. I am Monkey Boy, and that is Great Ape Man. Yes. <laughs> great, great babe, great babe. Great babe. So, <laughs> Laurel does the surprise in, from uh, Star Trek IV. When uh, a blister face jumps on Kirk's back to get transported. Yeah, yeah, so that's become a trope. It's become a Star Trek trope because we're going to do that in a minute. Again, here in a second. A couple episodes. We're yeah. Gonna do it again. It's like, it, does the transporter like glitch? Does the transporter like, hey, 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 whoa? Because I scanned one person and that was all this extra shit. How do I put this together? <laughs> like, what is it? Because usually, the way a transporter would work yeah. I, in my perfect universe is like, it scans you, it reads everything you have, it sets up the annular confinement beam and breaks you down. You travel through the annular confinement beam and it reconstitutes you in the other side using the pattern that it that it recorded when it first recorded you, right? Yeah. So if you add yeah. some extra yeah. junk, how does it know to put that junk back where it... What, I, you know what? This is the hand of God. Sometimes the hand of God just operates in Star Trek. The only Klingon ship we ever see in this series, inside of, is... What are we calling the... Uh, the ship of the Dead? ship, whatever you Ship of the Dead doesn't have a view screen? Yeah, no need. It has uh, looking out the window. It has holography. Oh, so does like, it? Like, well, really, like, but do but any Kohler of this? But is all looking out the window. Yeah, sure. But do any? Yeah, that's one hundred percent true. Um, yeah, that's one hundred percent true. That sounds that's uh, that's that feels very Klingon to me. Like, yeah, it feels very Klingon to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you meet your enemy head on. Yeah. You don't hide behind a view screen. You know? Yeah. Have you ever? written down what uh, Giorgio's uh, name badge says on the back of it? You're talking about her registration number? Yeah, so I, 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 in the past, you know, when I was in high school, this is, this would have been one thing that I would have, like, tried to remember unintentionally. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I didn't write it down. I don't know it. Um, furthermore, I don't remember Picard's access code, and I don't remember Data's yeah. access code. Although, we, we've heard both of them. We've heard both of them. Yeah, multiple times. All I remember is seven four two blue enable, and I think that was the one that Dana gave us. Uh, so I mean, maybe we've mentioned this before, but uh, Starfleet Delta is confirmed as uh, the Starfleet dog tags. They they appear to be. Yeah, I think it makes I think it makes perfect sense. Um, you usually and the thing about it is like I don't know if this is a movie depiction or um or or reality, but like often when the dog tags are pulled, you just pull the whole chain. So they're taking both dog tags. Yeah. So, like, that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> well, and the purpose them. of having two dog tags yeah. 
is so that you, you one you can always keep one with the body and you keep the other one so that um, they can send it to the family if yeah. there's no bot if you can't get the body home for whatever reason it says it, it, yeah it's 100% um, right. but now they've only got one dog tag where's the second dog tag it doesn't matter you can scan Are, the person's DNA <laughs> if you have the body there yeah. you're like whose body is this you scan yeah. the DNA and you're like oh it's Giorgio yeah Who's that? Who's um, that between your teeth? <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing, you maybe maybe by the twenty uh, third century, they're uh, microchipping people like they do our pets. Oh, home slice. Hold on. <laughs> no need because again, DNA. Sure. Okay. But I would. I. I. Yeah, I'm not taking a microchip in because I've heard that's the, <laughs> like the mark of the devil or whatever. So I'm not, I'm not taking Well, but they said that about social security numbers. Although, they said that about credit although, cards. I did hear that they were going to put, like they were thinking of putting like our IDs and our social security numbers in like a little chip and you put it in the back of your hand and that would be cool. But like, uh, I guess I would do it, man. I guess I would do it. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a, so, because it would be, it would be NFC, not a transmitter. Yeah, sure. Michael is, is walking back on the bridge at about uh, 3248 and sure. Saru just all but salutes. But they don't s- salute Starfleet, so he's like, yep, we did good. Yeah, like, like popping popping to attention, I think, is the yeah. is the Starfleet salute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess we're gonna... I'm not having this argument about military and not military again. But... <laughs> But I guess so, I, I, in this particular instance, I would side with you because I would say, well, they don't salute. Oh, clearly they're not military. Okay. <laughs> you win this round. <laughs> Jumping forward to the uh, conversation in the ready room with the captain and the uh, admiral, the Vulcan admiral. Yes. Uh, why does he have two view screens on? Why does Lorca have two view screens on? The same reason people have dual monitors. You don't have the real estate, you know, to use, so you don't have to be crunched in one little space, you know. So the, at, at about when uh, Michael is walking off of the turbo lift and going to go talk to uh, Tyler. Yeah, in her quarters when they do the like. Yeah. Just before that, when she over the PA system, something comes the PA up. PA system. It's called a one MC. Yeah. Just to be clear. But go ahead. It's a PA system. It's a one MC. It's, it's not a, a public. PA it's not a public address system. They're not addressing the public. Yes, it is. No, they're not addressing oh. the public. Well, the general public of the ship, they're addressing everybody on the ship. Okay, man. That's why it's called a 1MC. But anyway, let's go. Let's go ahead. What does that stand for, then? Uh, 1MC stands for one main circuit. It's the term for the shipboard public address circuits on naval vessels. <laughs> so when you, when, you, when you get on the but 1MC... they're not a naval vessel. So. Yes, they are. They're Starfleet Navy. Hello. They're not Starfleet Marines like the Makos. They're Starfleet Navy. <laughs> Okay. Um, but anyway, nope. It's a PA system. Anyway, the one MC. Go ahead. The name, if you have the the uh, closed captioning or the subtitles on, the the name that they're calling for is Cadet Decker. What? What? Hold on. What? <laughs> what? Are you serious? Yep. They that they cannot get rid of the Deckers in in Star Trek. The Deckers are everywhere what? in Star Trek, man. Wait a second. This was a long enough time ago that Will Decker from the motion picture. Matthew Decker. Could. I thought it was Will. What? No, it's Will Riker. 
Yeah, but they... No, it's William Riker. They shorten it to Will, but this guy's name has only ever been Will. I'm William... Well, Will, you're, you're correct. So... <laughs> so way. But my point is, as a cadet, Decker... Cadet Decker could be Commander Decker. He could have disembarked sometime before they went to the future. I was thinking maybe at Starbase 46, but do they ever get to Starbase 46? Uh, much later. Um, so oh, okay. this would be, you're talking about Lieutenant Decker from the end of, from, from Star Trek, the most picture, correct? Yes, Commander Decker. Why, why do you keep saying Commander Decker? Because he was a lieutenant at the end of Star Trek, the most picture. No, he is going to be the captain and Admiral uh, Kirk takes over. He kicks him back down to Commander and he back down to first officer. You're correct. I, I could have sworn that he was lieutenant because he was the same rank as Ilya. But they were in love. Like they they, they were going to be were they, Star Trek. Were they in love or was she a Delton? Hello. They were in love. She was um, also a Delton, so we can't you can't rely on that. They were gonna be the Star Trek phase two version of William Riker and Counselor Troy. Yeah, I got you. They were totally reskinned as. Yeah, they definitely put Will Riker and 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 uh, Macho Hernandez as uh, those people. Mike, Michael, and uh, Tyler are talking in in his quarters, and they're talking about his uh, PTSD freakout. Yeah, man. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not being P PC right now, but no, it's cool. Um, PTSD freakouts happen. Go ahead. Michael, who is she to you? And I thought is that Tyler is secretly thinking, my mate. You know, we find out later that they're they're actually in a together or were before yeah. she created her mentoring candidate. Yeah. But, uh, so my question, my question is, did human Tyler ever exist, or is the entire body yeah. a fabrication so, to yeah. become mentoring candidate? So that's a that's a very good question, and I don't think that question was ever really good answered. Um, the question was actually asked on screen at one point, and I don't think it was answered even then. Like he exists in the records, but does anybody remember him? We don't know because everybody blew up. Yeah, presumably, you know, everybody died with yeah. him on the uh, on the uh, whichever ship he was on during the Battle of Binary Stars. <laughs> that was a that was a that was a great opportunity for the yeah. Klingons to like create a mentoring candidate because they blew up a lot of people. They were quick on their quick thinking, yeah. man. They were like quick strong to grow up. Let's grab so like I mean if Giorgio's gonna <laughs> Giorgio's gonna bomb the dead bodies. Let's 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 us we'll, we're gonna we're gonna break it uh we're gonna mine the dead bodies too. We're gonna put a whole Klingon inside your dead body <laughs> and give it back to you. The same thing. Same thing back only they, they did it better. Yep. Did it a little better. Yep. Well they zoom out of the quarters and then these zoom right back in onto uh, Stamets' eye. Okay. I hadn't realized at that point that they hadn't warped or jumped to Starbase 46. And I was wondering what planet that was, but apparently it was a still, they were still at Pava. Why are they still hanging out at Pava? They come from mission. Why are they still there? You know, they spend like 10, 15 minutes just talking and, and walking around the ship. And why isn't this episode over? They, they did the thing. Like, they did, they did a thing that that um, they're, they're like, look, we know we didn't we do what we're supposed to do, but we did something better. So like, whatever, we'll, we'll be there when we get there. 
Cause like we just gotta tell you about what we did. Okay. So like you guys gotta come out here and like see our see our handiwork and see see, see what the hell's going on over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess they just weren't they weren't really stressed about it anymore. Cause okay. like now they proved that they are where they're supposed to be. You know? Okay. That's what I would say. I'd say you know what sucks to your ass, Mark. So in the next scene, Lord of the Flies, uh, by the way, bingo, Lord of the Flies. Good. I think, I think I created a uh, a parody of uh, Alanis Morissette's song. Oh, I would like to hear it. Isn't it erotic? Isn't Don't it you think? Erotic. <laughs> it's like rave, <laughs> and I have no more words. But... It's like rave uh, so, but... on a Klingon ship. It's a new body come. that's human. <laughs> but I do you think do you think Star I just realized something. What have you realized? Star Trek's social commentary for this episode? Yes, men can be raped. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, they definitely pulled that one in. Like that's always been a, a, a clear and firm understanding in the, in my head, but like yeah, that yes, five feet yes, that can happen. One hundred percent. And Star Trek showed us how. Thank you, Star Trek. <laughs> also thank you, Star Trek, for finally showing me Klingon boobies. I may have had to push pause, but I saw them boobies. <laughs> that, that's that's another thing is these jumpy episodes, you know, these PC. Can I see them in like regular filming levels before they're edited and created to be all no man, <laughs> no man, it's too much. Like those scenes are horrifying in there in the state they are right now, like. Because the guy's yeah. face is covered in... Why is his face covered in plastic? Like, what's going on? Like, is it because... Is, are they peeling up the plastic? It's a new face. Like, you get your phone, you get the plastic on, you get the new face, and you got pulled plastic. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, this is terrifying. Like, are you starting to suffocate him? Or what? I don't understand. I didn't understand what's going on. Well, not only that, but... If they're Klingons, why, why are they in a soft bed? That is a very good... Thank you for that. That is a very good point. Huh. That is super interesting. <laughs> Wow, I'm glad yeah. you... Oh, because you know what? These are not Klingons but, yet. Remember, these are not Klingons. These are well, old-style Klingons. They have not fallen under the light of Kalos yet. The light of Kalos says, uh, no pressure. Okay. You know, but the... No hard, no soft beds. That's what Kalos says, but they're not, they're not Kalos Klingons. <laughs> they're not. Well, the other thing that could be is just his, his just, mind's... Yeah. A mind's fabrication, because it, 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 it definitely was a dream. It was a nightmare. Yes. So we're, maybe we're part talking. of the... I mean, who knows how much of that is... Real of what actually happened. Yeah, that's a very so good So maybe his human mind is. Yeah, it, it, it might just be. It might just be creating. It might just be like filling the blanks for him and creating something he can understand. Yeah. Sure. Total sense. Totally sensible. Um, yeah. They're back in engineering. They are. And. Uh, the doctor is staring at the chamber like he's almost giving side eye or, or, or staring daggers at the, the chamber. Yeah, like because it's, it's it, Stamets is yeah, like it's Stamets's own personal torture chamber. It really is. He's like, mm, maybe I can give bring this home for our uh, next BDSM session. What? <laughs> no. No, no, no. I was just joking. Can you um, imagine? <laughs> stick the stick the things in there, and then he's just like, and then he, yeah, okay, I got you. I'm not gonna go further on that. You guys, you guys create, create the rest of your own imagination. First of all, he's in that crucifixion stance. I don't know if he's, I don't know how his feet are. I don't think he's standing up. I think he's like, sits, he's like on, on a platform or something, like sort of lean back a little bit. So like, you know, maybe, maybe pull.
pull those pull those leg parts about a, a way a little bit. Maybe you flip them around entirely. You can face face down, his arms like turn that way, and then you can put the little things in there, and then, and then you know use your. I already said use your imagination, so I don't even know why I tried filling in blanks for you. Let's go. So and we're back. They're, no, they're no, talking no. a little bit. He just kisses him. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're back. Yeah, uh, they're they're uh, they're kissing for possibly the last time yeah. and he's letting him know I'm retiring after this this is going to be my last jump and in the background there's this guy just there yeah he's got this huge gash on the side of his head oh he's out of focus so it might not be a gash but um it, it's a, at about 43 to 25 uh, and then you see Lorca entering in coordinates to go to coordinates for the mirror universe yeah like that's exactly what he did they're gonna go to the starbase that's exactly what they did and, he and entered, that he, why it hurts so much more yeah it's so much yeah because yeah, yeah, they jumped to the fracking mirror universe and like that was a lot to do like it, it they was, split it, the ship in half and it goes two different ways yeah, so that's the thing i was i'm i so my understanding of like our crossings of mirror universe is like they they usually cross at the same time we do and that's how it works like easily so like that was my thought when they did the double split was like oh the the, the other discovery must have come here and i think that maybe that's what happened because if you recall when we get back cornwell and all of them are come on the ship like who, who the fuck are you so that may have been because they had they had to deal with the other discovery when it came over uh-oh are we ever going to find out what happened because they Perhaps have come back book. and the war's over and yeah, it's been like several months exactly so like they're like uh we uh where you where you got where y'all been what's up like because we saw the other ship come through and like you know, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't y'all so glad it's you but like you know where'd you come from there's the uh sparkle room again the sparkle room on the back of the bridge well here's another I, i'm noticing right now the door's closed the door's open the door's closed if whether the door was open closed do they show the sparkly room and there's, a, there's a lot there's a lot of traffic man there's a lot of traffic back and forth between uh between the bridge and everywhere else yeah oh oh, oh. mentions that are, are these klingon ships so you're talking about in the in the mirror yeah so this the reason they don't recognize them is because yeah. they're from another universe and they're also um ships that have been designed by a unified force that includes the Klingons and the Andorians and the Tellarites. Oh, okay. That's why they, they sort of recognize well, him. Well, even Lorca looks like he doesn't know where he is. Oh, he's faking. As soon as, as, soon as they arrive in the mirror universe, he is faking like shit. Maybe he's just surprised no, it worked. No, no, no. He, knew, he knew it was going to work. He, well, he's, okay. faking. he's faking like shit. Like, he's totally faking. Oh, what is this? We don't know who we are in this. Yeah, you do, homie. You know exactly who you are because you're right there in your bone body. <laughs> That's so basically where the episode ends. So they yeah. pan away from Lorca looking around like, where the fuck are we? Yeah, and, and, and Lorca's being fake as shit. And we, and we see all the... Yeah. Okay. So it's time to... Uh, it's time to I'm, I'm going to go cook some, uh, some dinner for my anniversary. We're going to have salmon. Um, jazz jazz up a little bit. And... Uh, that's about it, man. I'm gonna go to the oh, thank you so thing. much for not saying Al and Salmon. Yeah, I need some. Uh, oh, it's, yeah. There's no, there's, there's no pronounceable L in there. Although, so, although in in Spanish it is called Salmon, so maybe there is. I don't know who knows. Listen, well, guys, uh, it's been a great episode. We we are we are now in the forest, and I'm super excited because next episode we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing a thing, which is funny because oh. It's interesting. We're, so and, episode, and we're going to be doing those things despite ourselves. 
despite ourselves, we're gonna be yeah. So here's the thing. So funny thing is that at the same we are we just this has been this has been in Star Trek Discovery season one episode nine, right? And uh, next we're gonna do uh, uh, on the other side of the on the other side of the temporal accords we're gonna do Star Trek Discovery season three episode nine, right? And that is also hmm, interesting how they did those numbers. Hmm. Hope you guys have a great. Uh, we'll, I'll talk about it next episode. You'll 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 see, you'll see and you're, you're, you're entering the mirror there. universe. Yeah, man, there's some paralleling happening here at the time. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna go make some dinner. You guys go and uh, you guys go and wait for our next episode. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to Paramount Plus. And, uh, we'll go sign You may as well, because I keep on getting stuck. I'm gonna go real quick and easy. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, uh, have a good day or night wherever you are. And we'll see you next time. Support the continued making of this show through Patreon.com. Let's Talk About Treks is a production of Anodyne Relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at letstalkabouttreks.com. You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at Trekstalkers, and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kakos Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay.